Yo. Yo. Yo, can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Just, just want to check my levels. Yeah. Yeah, I'm cool. Welcome to the Podcast Sessions, a podcast about podcasting for podcasters with your host, Ritendo Nyamuda. Each week, we'll take you behind the mic as we interview podcast hosts, podcast producers, and those within the podcast industry. On today's show, we have the founder of People of Color Podcasts, the host and producer of Lesser Known Somebodies, and all-star comedian, Simi RF. I saw on one of your bios, you said that and you... And what did you find? <laughs> it said that you were a comedian, podcaster, overall good human, and a snack. And so I paused on the snack and I said to myself, self, how does one get snack verified? Um, I'm going to be very honest with you. I don't write those things. <laughs> Someone somewhere has written that and I... Um, I, I just said yes. So I do not know if I'm a snack, but I certainly believe so at least. <laughs> I would actually be very interested to know like what your journey is from being a comedian, because that's what a lot of people have known you for, from being a comedian to being a podcaster. How did that how did that happen? I mean, I don't um I don't look at it as like two separate things. Like so a lot of people like always bucket themselves or put themselves in a category. So they're just like, oh, I'm a comedian. I can't do anything else. Whereas I've always kind of always had like um, the vision of being multi-talented across many platforms. Um, so like with podcasting, where that came about was I used to work in radio. I produced breakfast on East Coast Radio and I produced breakfast on 947, which is a radio station, Joburg. And my biggest dream, and still one of my biggest dreams, is to be on air. Like, I want to be a radio DJ. Like, it's one of my dreams. I always wanted to do it. And as I've gotten, well, while I was there, I had a program manager, and he just didn't want to put me on air. And it got to a point where I was doing a lot of comedy, and I was out at the clubs all night, and then I had to be back at the radio station like at 4 a.m., and I was sleep-deprived, and I was stressed. And I got to a point where I was just like, I didn't enjoy my job. And my job was pretty dope. Like a lot of people would enjoy the job that I had. Um, like breakfast radio is the pinnacle of any radio station. And if you are in a radio station, you work in breakfast, you know, those three hours between six and nine are just amazing. They're fast. It's electric. Things are forever changing. And to be a good producer, um, working breakfast is the greatest thing you can do. Um, I was a really good producer and I kind of still think that I am a really good producer because it's helped with podcasting. Um, but I really just wanted to be on air. So when I eventually realized that I couldn't be on air, I left the radio station. I was just doing comedy, but, um, uh, my, some of my favorite comedians in the world were dabbling in podcasting at that time. So there was a podcast called the champs, which Neil Brennan and Moshe Kasha. And these were two comedians who'd speak to black African comedians or comedians that weren't white and the conversations were great and so it was stuck in my mind to do something like that so i started listening on somebody's um and i started listening on somebody's weirdly enough after i had gone to the montreal comedy festival and i had seen a live podcast recording i was like what is this this most amazing beautiful wonderful thing i can do this and i knew the equipment that i needed and so i did that i 
bought the equipment and I started listening on somebody is purely uh, for two things. One, I really enjoy the content. And two, I wanted to have like a library of content. So if any radio station came to me one day and it's like, who's this guy? We'd be like, well, I've got a hundred episodes, you know? So that's the reason, that's how I started Lesson on somebody's as a vendetta, a grudge to radio. <laughs> Speaking of lesson on somebody's, like, I want to chat to you about the intro because I yeah. cannot be in a conversation with someone talking about podcast intros and like the pinnacle or what you need to aim for without talking about your intro. Cause it's just like, there's mm. so many layers yeah. to it and so many elements to it. And then it's like lesser known somebody's. You feel like you're jamming the, the jingle. Um, so one of the, one of the producers, he works at KFM now, he produces on the breakfast show there, his name is producer Brad. Brad is like one of the best like producers in the country. Um, and I asked him, I was like, yo man, I wanted a really cool, like hip hop intro. Um, you make it for me cause you know me and he made me it and he just took like various clips and stuff. That's like an old radio, um, a gimmick. If you can put like a bit of music, take separate quotes and put it into a song and stuff, that stuff is is dope and brad is also like um the undercover rapper so we, he's the guy that goes lesser known somebody's and yeah it's so, so good <laughs> it's a it's a cool intro jingle i won't lie but like i'm playing with not using it anymore people don't really listen to jingles as much as i thought they used to um podcasting podcast is forever changing so you um some days you find people are really really interested and they'll listen to a 40 second jingle others just want to get straight to the content so like for some of the podcasts that i produce like part of the press with feral Hafiji, i don't have an intro jingle her intro is oh you're listening to part of the press with me feral Hafiji. that's it finished and on a recent episode of listen on somebody's i played like a, a dj mix of a tiger king jingle and I didn't have any lesser known somebody's imaging other than the lesser known somebody's. Um, but yeah, but like the, the wonderful thing about podcasts is that there's no rules to this thing. It's do what you want to do and just, and be cool with it. And like my biggest problems these days are going, is the content good? It's the argument I have with myself on a day. That's the reason why like you'll, you'll find like there'll be like six, seven months before I post another episode um and that's a problem with consistency from my side but also me as an artist being like i don't know if this stuff is good enough yes yeah yeah uh but coming back to the jingles and the intros so all am i correct in saying uh the four podcasts under poc uh people of color your production company that you produce mm -hmm. all of them yeah i do so every single one so the jingle and the intros are all like even if that's all one listen because that's what you listen to before you actually listen to a podcast conversation and for me all mm. of them have a different personality all of them have a different kind of like sound aesthetic to it you've got like mm. less known so somebody's which is kind of like that hip hoppy it's got a little bit of funk in it um mm. baked with Aisha ba Baker uh, for me that's like a pop it's lighter it's like you know very mm. I, I know what I'm gonna get from the podcast before of it um yeah. uh, son of a son which is incredible that's like like very yeah, like jazzy you. very and even the voices yeah. within it it's just you feel warm you feel like yeah. you're in a jazz club and then like you said with Ferial, yeah. it's it's news based so you know like there's that yeah. like you know, and she's got, and there's music throughout the entire podcast. Yeah. So like, how does yeah. one go through thinking through jingles and intros for a podcast? You know, it's, it's actually such a very good question because people actually don't, 
recognize the amount of brainstorming it takes for a piece of content. Mm. So when Aisha came to me and she's like, I want to do a podcast, I was like, yo, I'm happy to do your podcast. A, because you're my friend, but B, also because I kind of know the vision I want to go with it. Yeah. So if you listen to Aisha, even if you listen to um, the, there's two separate uh, bed music in it. Mm. One is the one that is used for the bait clip, which is the clip from the interview that will be, uh, which makes people want to listen to the rest of the interview mm-hmm. kind of. Mm-hmm. And then there's another separate bed music for when she does the introduction. And they're two different things because I always think bed music always sets the tone for something. Yeah. So, and it works. So, and with Son of a Son, we did this, it's the same formula, but the voices of Son of a Son and the music is different to Aisha's one. Aisha's one is much more friendlier and poppier. And I want to use the word girly, but you know what I mean by it. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying that, oh, it's a girl's podcast. I'm saying that it's much more lifestyle-y. Uh, and Chabo's one is a much more because it, uh, because when we, when we made Son of a Son, we, Chabo uh, and I were in Japan together and he was like, yo, I really want to, we're on holiday with a couple of mates and stuff. And he's like, I really want to do a podcast. And I'm like, I'm happy. I was like, cause I could hear Chabo's voice. Chabo's voice is a nice voice to listen to. So I'm just like, yo, I would listen to this voice, you know? And that's, and, but those are all things that I've learned from radio. From radio, I've learned like, oh my gosh, this person has a dope voice. I want people to hear this dope voice. And also Chabo's content is very, very cool. It's very niche. It's about dads becoming better dads. And we initially trialed it out with Prime Media end of last year for their 16 Days of Activism campaign, right? And it's tough for... um, Where we shifted the podcast in that series, for example, was to talk about toxic masculinity and how to stop our kids from getting into that trope of it. And that's why it had this very like deeper tone to it. And the guests were, there were a couple of big names in it, like Jay Something, Bongani Bingwa, um, Moti. And those happen to be like Chabo's network. And when I always look at a person, when I, when I decide to produce a podcast, I always look at network because that's actually the thing at the end of the day, people will click and listen to. Um, not saying that if you don't have a network, you can't be successful. I, my, I myself have a big next network, but I'm not the most famous person in the country. Um, but I always go like this person's network would be keen on this. So I go, Aisha, Aisha is the OG influencer, um, of her generation. I mean, there are other people that do, um, maybe better work or are more consistent now, but Aisha was the first. So I go, Aisha knows everybody. So everybody would want to listen to this and they'd want to be on it. So Chabo's one is a bit different. Chabo is a behind the scenes person at, uh, out of Mikasa. He takes photos for the band, but he knows Jay something. He knows these people. And with the help of Prime Media, we, we managed to get some really dope guests like Bongani Bingwa. Be like, yo, Bongani is a <laughs> 702 breakfast show host. That's a great guest. Where you can hear some of the deficiencies maybe is that Chabo is not a broadcaster himself. But those things you learn from, you learn to become more and more comfortable the more you do this thing. So even if you listen to Ferial's podcast, yeah, she's a great journalist. She's a massive editor in the country, but maybe her podcasting, broadcasting skills aren't that same level yet, but they'll eventually get there. What you're saying about uh, the niche market or rather the, the network is very interesting because usually when people start podcasts and you ask them, who are you targeting in this podcast? They say everyone. And you go, uh, no, let's try again. Because th- that is true. The first people who listen to your podcast 
are going to be your network. It is your yeah. friends and family. And then maybe someone who's like, oh, I'm actually interested in what so-and-so has to say. Well, that's an interesting topic. But yeah. saying, you know, you want to target the world and, you know, every industry, it's it doesn't work like that. Yeah. So like, I always think like, because the world is so big now and the internet has actually made it substantially smaller, which I know is a bit of a incongruous statement to make. But niche is no longer niche. If you're a guy who likes wearing diapers and you want to listen to a podcast and there's a podcast out there about wearing diapers, you're going to go there. No matter if you're in the Philippines, South Africa, Australia, you're going to go find that podcast. Um, lesser known somebody's what it is, is like, yo, you want to find these, like, I call it like an origin story podcast. It's like, because I want to know what made this person the thing they are. And like a lot of people always go like, oh, well, you know, it's just like a conversation with your friends. That's just me being very good at my job. It's like, I would love to say it's just a conversation with a person that I really want to interview. It's not. It's like, there's a lot of research that goes into it. There's a lot of post-production that goes into it because I, I like making things sound nice and at a high quality. And like the jokes and the gags and everything is like, those things are thought of. And it's also like my improv skill is very good to, when I see a guest speaking about something is to ditch all the questions that I have for them and go down that trail of thought. And like, so it's not like me just having a jive behind a microphone. It's like, there's, there's a craftsmanship behind this thing. And, and that's why I like when people talk about making podcasts, I'm like, I always say like, and I know it's like blowing my own horn, but I'm so far ahead. I'm like four five, six years ahead that it's if you are not a big media company it'll, it'll, it'll be tough to beat the content that i make it's like you like prime media jacaranda all the hiso media they're all dabbling in the podcast market but they don't know what to do because their first initial reaction is to take whatever's on air and put it online and that's not podcasting that's that's audio archiving and they're like, I mean, like if you you just look at the South African Radio Awards, it's like you look at the people that uh, who win the podcast section of there. Though that's audio archiving. It's like, yo, guys, we've taken this clip off air and we put it online. And I'm just like, so you guys aren't. If you're not on the same plane with me, we can't play. We are in different worlds. So when people say I want to make a podcast, I'm just like, okay, what's your podcast about? Because I'll give. I'll, people don't understand how much time I give people because I actually love it. Like you know, like even call center agents when they phone me. I'm like, yo, I will, this is your job, so I'm going to appreciate it. I'm going to listen to what you have to say. So when someone comes to me with a podcast idea, I say, what is this podcast about? And then they'll be like, it's about this. And I'll be like, okay, is, what do you want to do? It's like, well, I'm going to interview people. I'm like, that, the world doesn't need another interview-based podcast. The world does not need it. They don't need it from you. They don't need it. It's like, oh, I'm going to sit down with my friend and we're just going to talk about what happened during the week. And I go like, okay, that's interesting actually. Yeah, yeah. Because things happen in the week and best friends do speak about it. Uh, so I want to hear where this is going. Yeah, yeah. And that's the type of, and this, so like, those are the bare like essentials when I think about when someone says, yo, pitch me a podcast. That's why earlier on you actually said, you're like, this is a podcast interviewing people about podcasts, which is not the first one in South Africa. Um, there's this guy's quote from Volume Africa, um, which is another podcast company, and um, they have like a great lineup of stuff. Um, there's a show they have called WhatsApp the Crap or something like that, or what's or what's what's the crap with WhatsApp or something like that. It's amazing. I wish I could steal the idea. Um, but they were they were working on a series just before lockdown started, where they were talking about they were talking to local podcasters about how they started their podcast, which is very. Um, if you know the world of podcasting, Startup is the ultimate podcast 
from the from Gimlet Media. Yeah, so so much that so much of what you've just said, I'm just like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Okay, so firstly, coming to you saying like, yes, we had a mini prior conversation about like, you know, not everyone can start a podcast. I think what sometimes frustrates me, and as in a conversation with someone yesterday who wants to start like a medical based podcast, which I think is great, but the comment was kind of like, I said, I said like, what is your budget? And the comment was like well, I have a social media team who can pretty much sort this out. And I'm like, I'm what I'm going to do and understanding the production process of it is like, there's an art to podcasting. Like you're saying, you know, it's not just this thing of picking up a mic and recording it. Are you talking about quality? Are you talking about the story behind it? Do you know the different kinds of podcasts? There is so much knowledge behind it. It's like watching almost like watching Grey's Anatomy and leaving and saying, well, I can, I saw what they did with the surgery. I'm going to go try it myself, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's basically it. Yeah. I, I like just, I've got a scalpel. I've got a scalpel at home. I can, I can do, do heart it. surgery. Now. I can also, um, I, I do wish that people appreciated the the process behind it. And I think that's, that's what I'm, what I'm wanting to get down to is that yeah. those fundamentals, like we're talking yeah. about like jingles in the beginning. Like, I mean, I would love, to, I mean, we'll, we'll chat about your setup just now, but even like talking about editing, people are like, well, I'll just, I'll just record it on my cell phone and upload it. I got an email the other day saying like, Hey man, um, um, I looked at your quote you gave me because like, for me, I tell people like, yo, if you want an hour of my time, put down the money mm. and it's like, yo, uh, it's a bit out of my budget at the moment. Uh, client says they can use their phone and record it. I said, that's perfect. Let client do that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that sounds great. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I don't know why you needed me to tell you that's what your client should do. Mm. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I make good podcasts. Yeah. I make dope podcasts. All the content I make is dope. If you go look at anything over there, there's dope content. Yeah, maybe there's one or two iffy episodes, but I'm just like, go look at the vast majority and see what I do. Now, if you think you can do the same thing on your phone, do it. <laughs> me, I want you to do it. I'm not going to stop you from doing it. Yeah, I want yeah. the world to see what bad content is. I don't mind. <laughs> I see now in the time of lockdown, like people having Instagram lives with like one person that's watching it. <laughs> I'm just like, go, you, the, let the world show you that you are not this thing you think you are. Let them do the thing. Uh, go. Yeah. I'm not going to stop you. Record with your phone. Do it. Post it on Anchor. Let Anchor send that RSS feed out to all the podcast platforms. Go do that thing. Why must I stop you from the thing that you want to do? If you want to make good content though, then you must, then you have to deal with all the repercussions of the consequences that come with me going, ah, this, like there's many times I tell Aisha that's shit. Or how about I say like, oh, why didn't you ask this question? And like, the thing is like, as a producer as well, I sit in the room with these people that I'm recording with. I don't make them record it by themselves. I sit down and I've already got questions out and then I, I will shove the piece of paper in their face and use big eyes going like, yo, you need to ask this question now. Yeah, yeah. And then afterwards it'd be like, yo, but I'd like, I thought maybe the person would feel bad. I said, yo, it's a podcast. You can edit it out. <laughs> it's like, it's not live radio here. We're not worried about the BCCSA coming up and saying, oh my gosh, this content is explicit. I was like, ask them. The worst they can tell you is like, I don't answer the question. Yeah, very true. But it is, but it is a process. That's the other thing. It's like when you start, like you could have a great idea and a great concept and that's great. But also knowing that when you start, it might not necessarily be perfect. You're kind of at the advantage of the 
from a place that one from a radio background, you come with that production background to this space of podcasting, right? You're a comedian. So you know mm. how to like banter off, ask follow up questions, dig deeper. You know that that's a skill set that you've developed over time. So when someone comes for the first mm. time and they say, look, I've never done this before. I, I, you know, my, my background is not even in media and I want to do something in the media, but you have no, you don't even have a month into it. You can't say that you're going to start something that's at the same level as Simi, who's, who was basically born doing this. I understand what you're saying, but like people have this thing, like when we say recording on the phone, I was just like, I was like, record on the phone, try it out. Cause people also think that this is a one take thing. I was just like, I, I put my phone on, I press a cord, I go, hey guys, welcome to so-and-so, I'm speaking to so-and-so, yo, so-and-so, what's up? And then not think that the microphone's closer to you, the phone microphone's closer to you, not closer to so-and-so. And then now the audio's not that great, and they're just like, oh, okay, well, um, oh, you know, podcasts use bed music. Like, let's just, where do we get the bed music from? Oh, what type of bed music? I oh, just use anything. You know what I like? I like the intro to Drake's song. Just take that thing. And just like, then the next thing, Drake's people, Sonia, just like, yo, you can't use our music, bro. <laughs> You know, it's like, and then you post it online and like, hey guys. And then the thing that I love is like people post the content online that first episode and they think the floodgates are now open. People are going to mm. come and download those bad boy. Yeah. And then you check 16 listens. <laughs> and then you're like, I, hey, I've been 16. There. I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all have. We all have, but we didn't stop after one. So if you listen to my first ever episode and you listen to my latest episode, you will see the stark difference. Yeah. yeah but yeah. that stark difference, that that learning and that upskilling, mm. that's a cost. Mm. That's a cost. Yeah. It was a cost to you then, but maybe it's much smaller because you're just like, oh, I've had the equipment, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But that cost now, if someone came to you now, and they're like, yo, how do I make, like you, the quality that you have? How do I give it to myself? And then you say, well, for X amount, you're going to get this thing. And then they're like, hey, I can use my phone. huh? Then you're like, go use your phone, my man. You must go, go learn the same lessons that I have done. Go, <laughs> but do it. <laughs> there's, that, there's that one quote that says you don't pay an employee or you don't pay people for the time they spend doing something, you pay for the experience and the wisdom that they bring mm. to it. And I think that's mm. so, it's so solid. It's like, you can't pay, that's why we don't pay an intern and an executive the same amount of, the money, amount of money, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah. I, I do want to dive into your setup. This is one question that people always, always come up. What, what mic do you use? What is your setup? Where do you edit? But I, Personally, I find like it's just what you're most comfortable. Yes, you can talk about equipment, but you can have the most expensive microphone on the in the world. If you don't know how to use it, then you've kind of just wasted money. So talk to me a little bit about your setup. What do you use to record, edit? So I'm going to do it in two parts, right? I'm going to tell you what I'm currently using now. I'm currently using a Rodecaster Pro, which is an amazing piece of technology. It's got four microphone channels. It's got a fifth channel where you can connect your phone via Bluetooth. So let's say you wanted to Skype call somebody. So now you've got five guests. It's got an extra channel where you can connect your phone to so you can have six guests. Um, but it's a, it really is a piece of a radio station studio made for a podcaster. And it's also got a jingle touchpad. So like I press one button and my jingle plays and then I can fade it in, fade it out because it has faders. It's an amazing piece of technology, but it's really, really, really expensive. So what I used when I was starting as I bought a Zoom H4n, which for me is still the best piece of audio recording equipment cross-platform. Like you can use for podcasts, you can use for videos, and I use that. Um, it has two really cool functions. 
uh, it has two mic channels, so you can plug two microphones in, which is great when you're interviewing one another. And it also has a channel where uh, it also you can remove the mics and just use the the mics that are on top, the omnidirectional mics that will pick up a, a broader sense. It won't give you the high quality of, of course, speaking into a microphone, but it'll give you good quality audio. Um, but I use that mic for everything. Like I use that piece of equipment for everything. I'm talking about I recorded a one-man comedy show that's on Showmax and stuff like that, right? And I recorded it using that piece of equipment. That's where I got the audio from. <laughs> like I'm talking about, and I shot my thing in 4K video. <laughs> like the audio is really, really good. So like, I you will find a way. And like my biggest suggestion to people is actually like go do some research, go into YouTube, find out how people are recording things, and see what you can do that is similar. Don't go out and spend 12 grand in a Rodecaster Pro if you don't know that you're going to need this piece of equipment. It's like you don't have to use it. Mm -hmm. I was like, a Zoom H4n is about maybe, I think it's about three grand now. The price actually went up, which is weird because when I bought it, it was like 1,200 rand. But like it went up and I can only think the reason why it went up was because it's such a good piece of audio equipment. Zoom makes some really, really good equipment. But you could use other things that, you know, that'll get you by like at a basic, basic, basic level. Use your phone, right? But then make sure that when you're recording, record in a super, super quiet space. Super quiet. And this is like just you recording your own voice. If you're going to have an interview, please don't use your phone. It, there's not too many dynamics. Who's closer to the mic? How does it pick up? But like I've gotten away using, and like I'm talking about a, podca a podcast I've produced where I've used my voice recorder to record certain things. And you would never pick it up. Um, when it comes to editing stuff, um, because I worked in radio, I always used Adobe. Um, but when I left radio, I didn't have the money to purchase Adobe as a program. So what I did was, is that I downloaded Audacity. Audacity is, A, it's free. B, gives you the bare basics. The bare basics of what you can do to make a podcast. It's fundamentally that easy. And you import the audio, you export the audio, you cut it up how you want, you can insert different tracks so you can have the track for your jingle, the track for your bed music, the track for someone else's voice. There's so many things you can do. On top of that is that realizing that we live in a world which, which, uh, with the internet is that let's say you want a specific sound, like sound effects and stuff. Like I rip them off YouTube. <laughs> like I rip a sound effect off YouTube and I insert it in. And like learn how to take that video and make it into audio via a link. There's things online that do it for you and take the audio and import the audio and that's how you become better quickly. Um, and you can start thinking in a creative way. So you're just like, yo, I'm going to use this clip. I know it was made in a video, but I'm going to use this clip right now uh, in an audio style. And those are the, that's this type of equipment that I use. Oh, and I don't have expensive mics. I've got these really, really cheap ones. Like they're a hundred bucks. Uh huh. Love them. Love them. Would you say, um, wh where, where do you think for you, um, are you someone who records clean and then edits, like minimizes the editing or do you just record and then spend like a hefty amount of time in the edit process? I think you have to do both. Mm -hmm. I think, um, it, and it also depends on the project. Like with Lesson on Somebody's, I'm pretty, pretty comfortable just turning on the microphone mm -hmm. and, and, and doing a mass recording and then remembering what I have to take out and what I have to keep in. Okay. And I think, but I also think because it's mine, I, I, it's, it's easier for me to do. 
Um, I think when I edit someone else's podcast, I like them to record as much as possible because you, you can always take away. You can't add in, mm, mm. you know? So, and it's always good to record at the best quality and the best sound and the best, like you don't have massive background noise, Yes, but yeah. those are all like producer things. Right. And yeah. So I think that that's like a, of mass like that's a big like piece of advice is and then in your editing it depends how you edit so like i can do a quick edit of something it takes me about 10 minutes you know but that means i if it's an hour of audio i probably maybe haven't listened to so the tricks here is that when you record someone like have a notepad out and like just go like remember the time that you started recording and then go like oh, 11 minutes in, they said this, remove, and mm. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That'll make it easier for you. But what you should be doing is that put all that audio into whatever you're editing and listen to it yeah, and listen to it and then take out what you want and keep what you want. Mm. Uh, so it should take the, like the amount of time it takes to record a podcast. It should take you like double the amount of time to edit it. Mm. If you want it to be at a certain level. With a lot of your podcasts, you have a warm tone to it. Yeah. It's not, it doesn't feel like you, you, you recorded in a bathroom. Yeah. Uh, how do you create that sound? Um, so right now I'm using my lounge. And the reason why is because the walls are closer. There's a lot of furniture in it. So um, the sound bounces off. Um, generally, um, I, use a, I like using smaller spaces um, because it's just better for sound recording. Um, warmth is just the, that's a creation of things. That's the correct bed music, the correct voice, the correct editing style. Um, that's why I keep the ums in because that's the way a person's flow is. So yeah, those are a couple of tricks if you want to make sure your audio sounds great. Um, and then what for you would you say like has been your biggest or greatest challenge uh, as a podcast thus far? Um, and how did you manage to overcome it? Getting people to listen. And I don't think there's an answer of like, how did you manage to overcome getting people to listen? People will listen, then people will stop listening. Um, I think it's, and I'm a, not a victim, but I'm a culprit in the sense of not being consistent enough. I think if you're consistent enough, you'll, you'll get pretty far pretty quickly. Oh, well, I say pretty quickly, but I'm talking about like, I was aiming for a hundred listens on an episode. And <laughs> now I'm aiming for like, a much bigger listenership. Um, and now I'm also going like, oh, but is the content good? There was a point where I was just putting the stuff out, like, and I was learning at the same time. Um, so I'd, so just to get people to listen and find ways to market your podcast and make it suitable. What podcasts do you currently listen to besides your own? Reply All. Reply All is the greatest podcast in the world, in the absolute world. Um, the way they break down an issue, uh, but like you, you just look at like how far, like if you take like a premium South African podcast, right? So I consider myself to be really, really good. So let's just use me as an example. I'm the voice, I'm the producer, I'm the researcher, I'm the scriptwriter, whatever you want to name it as. Yeah. And these guys have a team. Not only do they have the host, they have a producer. They have two producers. They have three producers. They've got like a, a scriptwriter. They've got a research team of eight people. Sure. So, of course, like the quality that you get, like the, when they break a topic down, I'm just like, wow, this mm. is some in-depth research. Mm. And they do it on a consistent basis. And it's a really, really cool podcast. They've got some really, really cool episodes there. Like they've got an episode about this guy who um, remembered how a song was, but couldn't find the song on the internet. 
and you approach the guys and it's you approach the guys that reply all and they basically they they made a studio they invited all these musicians and he they got the original guy to make the song and he's like yeah it sounds like this it sounds like this but there's no one in like the music world knew the song at all and eventually at the end of the podcast they find the guy that made the song and it's just like because they go through a whole thing of just like maybe this guy made the song up in his head but it's like they've got a really good episodes another podcast i listen to is a guy called Stuart goldsmith he does the comedians comedian podcast come come pod uh he's actually the guy that's like i saw i saw him in montreal and i was like i want to do this thing and um and he showed me how to do it and i actually recently got an interview him when he was here in cape town about a month ago i haven't posted the episode yet but he is probably the greatest influence i've ever had in podcasting and it was great for something to come full circle like i saw him interview another comedian called patton oswalt in 2015 and that's the same year i i decided to do my podcast and and when i told him the story he was just like wow that's so incredible actually um because i saw him do it and i was like i can do the same thing i can do it i can do it and yeah um so yeah i was i, th- I think the next place an obstacle i do want to overcome though is i want to start doing live shows i've done a few and they've been really 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 good and that's because the venue is supportive and we make it a night out so like this comedy up front of course and then we do the podcast and the three or four i've done have been really really good there's one i did where it was really really empty about like 20 people or so um but a live podcast adds another dynamic to it. like i can't tell you how cool a live podcast is like it's it is for me as a performer i love it because i don't have to i don't have to have a set uh prepared but like also like the improv and the things people say it's really 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 cool and you're just feeding off that and you're feeding off the energy of everything that's happening yeah yeah so like for example the uh, one of the lesson on somebody's episodes riyad musa said was a live it was a live audience and some guy jumped up and he, and when we're doing this q and a at the end and he asked riyad <laughs> uh riyad how does it feel to achieve all these things and still be so humble and i just shut him down i was like that is a bullshit question riyad is the least humble person i know <laughs> the amount of money this man has <laughs> i was like oh don't God. come to me with humility <laughs> i'm like that that is a question for newspaper mm-hmm. don't bring those questions here not yet <laughs> so yeah um and then I, i guess to wrap like i i want to find out like more of well this is pretty much for people listening like what are you working on at the moment where can they listen to you reach out to you follow you so i started poc podcasts which stands for people of color podcasts as we mentioned earlier on and i started it because i'll tell you i'll be honest with you um I love Gimlet. I love the way Gimlet work and I love the fact that they were bought by Spotify for 240 million US dollars, right? So then I go, where's the next frontier? And you start going, Africa has a billion people in it. <laughs> It's like w- w- these people will come. They will come whether they come next year, the year after next, 3 years from now, 5 years from now, 6 years from now, 10 years from now. I will be ready to sell my company. and then you will never hear from me again <laughs> you will never hear from me again i will leave hey where's simi he's at home spending his money being humble like riyad musa <laughs> like that that's that's what he's doing so like i saw a psc podcast for people that want to make podcasts make good podcasts um who want to collaborate because you know some people may not come with money may some people may just come with a good idea 
And also what we do at POC Podcast is that we have, like I said, a network of people that can sell things. So 1% of podcasts worldwide earn a certain amount of money. It happens to be that all of mine, barring Ferial's one, have all made money. It may not be a million rand or two million rand, but they've made money. So I know how to monetize something. And that's the question every podcaster asks at the moment. How can I make money from something, this thing that I make? And it's tough because not many people want to throw money at it. And, and no, we're not providing them with enough listeners where the listeners listen and then go to the product and choose if they want to buy it or not. We're not at that level. And I don't think Africa as a whole will be at that level for generations, to be honest. Uh, also Mainly because the, our consumption of data, like, Data is an expensive thing. Uh, our con- the people that con- the people that listen to podcasts of a certain a- LSM market, you know, and also when you, <laughs> it's very few times. Even with me, I see something pop up on my Facebook or Instagram, part of the algorithm that wants to sell me a watch, and it's very few times I buy it. And I'm sure there's people overseas that do see those algorithms and do buy the stuff, but I'm certainly not in that market. So maybe that's not the place we go for monetizing. Uh, so I have that. So if people want to contact me with podcast stuff, like just follow me on any platform and drop me a message. Uh, you can go to our website, www.pocpods.com. Um, our email address is hello. At, uh, um, if you want to email me, it's hello at pocpods.com. Um, we've got it Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. It's very easy to reach out. And like I dig talking to people about podcasts. It's a cool thing for me. I have all the time in the world for it. And that brings us to the end of our show. We do hope that you enjoyed today's conversation. And for those of you who want to stay connected to the podcast sessions network, definitely subscribe to our email list. We look forward to connecting with you soon on the podcast sessions. The podcast sessions is produced by Tinsway Media.